Got a uh, a jam packed a jam packed show for you. We got a jam packed show for you here on Locked On Bruins. You know me as Brian Fenley. I could spend the whole show rambling about the football team, still riding the high over the weekend, but I do want to jibber jabber about the basketball team because, as you know, both of those seasons are beginning to intersect. But before I go further on what is particularly on the docket for today, got to welcome you in, right? I'm Brian Fenley. You can find me on Twitter at Brian Fenley. That's Brian with a Y. I am also a co-host for the Bruin Insider Show, which is powered by Learfield IMG College. I do it with Nick Cope along with former Bruin quarterback Wayne Cook, and it airs tonight. So you want more Bruin content? basketball football we have that for you if you are stuck in traffic in los angeles tonight from 7 to 8 p.m all you got to do turn the dial to am 570 and you can listen to the bruin insider show it's a great way to catch up further on what is going on with football basketball and the rest of the athletic programs at ucla also you can of course email me locked on bruins at gmail com and most importantly hit that subscribe button let's build up the fan base let's use the momentum from the football team in them winning to maybe have that trickle over to added numbers and viewership with this podcast so as far as progression in momentum chip kelly spoke monday about several different topics one being the injury updates we're going to talk about that including what he said about the latest on Dorian Thompson Robinson who of course did not finish the game over the weekend what is his status I will get into that plus Chip also spoke on why the slow start happened again in year two like you remember it in his first season at UCLA well why did it happen again now that we're starting to get things going here and the winds are coming, we are always curious to know why couldn't that stuff happen earlier in this season. So Chip Kelly will explain that as we react to what he said. Some of his players spoke on Monday as well. Martel Irby, he is back from an injury, gives some depth to the running back spot. Alec Anderson, who has been a formidable guy on the offensive line, he had some insightful things to say, so we will round up all their comments and spit that back out at you. And then basketball, right? If you can believe it, tomorrow they have their lone exhibition game. They're going to be taking on a team called Stanislaus State. The team obviously doesn't really matter because, according to Mick Cronin, it's all about focusing on us. Plenty more from Cronin from his session during his media availability on Monday that I want to reveal to you. Plus, the most qualified, I would have to say, point guard on the team. He's just a redshirt freshman, Tiger Campbell. I, I'm going to explain to you, he spoke as well on Monday, and I'm going to explain, explain to you why I think this guy is going to be, as soon as he hits the floor, he's going to be a fan favorite for sure. Without further ado, let's jump into football, and before I get into that, if you have been following the news or you live in the L.A. area, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've heard about the fires that have come about near UCLA's campus, and so I worked overnight at Fox Sports Radio into Monday morning, and I was driving, uh, I live south of the UCLA campus, and so I was on the 405, and I was driving through near the Getty Museum area, and it, the if you haven't seen the photos or the video, I mean, it 
it's pretty surreal stuff. I mean, it looks like a volcano erupted. I say all this, first of all, to, to say that my thoughts are with you if you're affected by this. But you could also see, and there were photos taken from UCLA's practice field on Monday with the smoke in the background. And so with that said, you know, there's always that concern. Is the air quality okay for the players? And, and because the wind cooperated which it certainly could have gone towards UCLA's campus, but it did push the smoke for the most part away. And so the players were able to partake in practice on Monday as they get ready for Saturday's game against Colorado. And and Chip Kelly, one of the most pressing things that he was asked during his media session on Monday was the health status of his starting quarterback in Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Obviously, he got knocked out of the game. It was reported as a left leg injury, and it was when he was scrambling, he, he took a shot. And what we've heard from Chip Kelly from Monday is that he should be good to go. And the new depth chart was out, or the two deep, I should say, and it shows Dorian Thompson-Robinson at the top. And he was witnessed at practice on Monday pretty much going through all the the drills and routines, and he had just a brace on his left leg. So it seems like he's holding up okay. And what he was, in, in Chip Kelly, was asked is, you know, what did you make of, of the shot that Dorian Thompson-Robinson took in the game against Arizona State that brought on this injury? And Chip said, look, I got to talk to him about protecting himself. He said, one of the biggest things I teach my guys is, make the right read, and that means first down, you're either running for a first down, touchdown, or get down. So it, what it seems to be is pleasant news that DTR, all signs pointing to him playing on Saturday. Other great news, Sean Ryan, Kyle Phillips, Chris Barnes, all seem to be get, get banged up in the game against Arizona State. But according to Chip Kelly, it doesn't seem like any three of those guys are dealing with anything too serious. And the vibe I got listening to the interview with Chip and the reporters was that it didn't seem like any of those guys were going to miss Saturday's game against Colorado. We, As fans, we take a look at this team. Three and five they stand. They were three and five last year. And so... There's grumblings about, well, why didn't we have a faster start to this season compared to last season? Like, I think it was a little bit more socially acceptable that the way we started last year was understandable, that it was going to be more of a struggle because you're changing the culture, you're you're changing the coaching staff, you're trying to integrate new players who are new recruits and learning new systems and philosophies and all that. So there was more of a, a tolerance, if you will, for sluggish or, or slow starts in year one. And so now there's this, I don't know if it's backlash, but, but I think now that we're getting a glimpse of some success, there's this feeling of like, well, why couldn't we have it earlier, right? And so Chip, earlier in, in his second year, especially when you consider that UCLA had you know, 10 returning starters on defense, seven on offense. And so Chip Kelly's answer to all of this was, for one, that the the non-conference schedule that was set up for UCLA was really, really 
harsh. I mean, this was as, as battle-tested as you're going to get. I mean, even San Diego State has found themselves in the top 25. Cincinnati in the top 25, Oklahoma in the top 25. And so not a lot of teams in the FBS can, and I think even, even if you lose them, there's this level of boasting like, hey, we played really tough competition. All three of our non-conference games were against top 25 teams. Not a lot of teams in the FBS can say they did that or have the guts to do that because they're afraid of losing. So maybe you could say an uneducated fan would be happier if the Bruins beat, say, an FCS opponent. And aesthetically, the record wasn't as bad. But again, as I've said before on this podcast, how much does that actually reveal about your team? Now, as far as like other, I don't want to call them excuses, but other reasons why maybe the team did not start as strong as they are playing right now, is the offensive line has a lot of new pieces. And I don't think we thought that was going to happen, right? Because Michael Alves has been out with a back injury for the season, and you've had to insert a lot of youngsters along the offensive line, from Sean Ryan to Duke Clemens, Alec Anderson. And I think now that the running game is finally starting to get established, it shows you once again that the offensive line that was out there at the beginning of this season just was not ready. And and, and to be honest with you, you can practice all you want, you can study as much film as you want, but the only way to really get better as an offensive line and what you're seeing is game reps. And so from Duke Clemens to Sean Ryan, I mean, if you look at their tape from the first couple games to now, it's going to be hard to to recognize them. I mean, if you study the intricacies of their blocking schemes and how they've improved, it's, it's drastic, their level of growth. And so, unfortunately, because of some of the holes we had to fill in the offensive line, I think that was a big reason why the the start wasn't what we would have liked. Also, you know, you talk about not having Theo Howard out there, and he's sort of the safety blanket, or the safety valve, I should say, for the offense. Our, our go-to receiver being out with injuries, and Quentin Lake, and, and and guys like that in the secondary who've been out. When it comes down to it, it was our offensive line at the beginning of the year that set us back the most. We didn't think we would have to start over, or not start over, but have to tweak it as much as we had to because of injuries that infiltrated the offensive line. But now that they're starting to figure things out, we finally are getting a rebound, if you will, in the second half of the season. One of my colleagues at Fox Sports Radio, Ben Maller, he always says the the better story is is in the losing locker room. So I want to play for you, or react, I should say, some of the comments made by the defensive and offensive coordinators for Arizona State after the loss over the weekend to UCLA. So as you can imagine, some of the more compelling storylines come out of the losing locker room. And that's why before we move on to talking about the Bruins' next game, I want to hearken back to Saturday and what... A couple of these, the Sun Devils coaches had to say in defeat. I'm going to point out first their offensive coordinator in Rob Likens, who said that he was so frustrated by the way his team played because he felt that the, that the week going into that game, 
he felt his team, his offense, had its best set of practices all season. Well, obviously that did not happen and translate onto the field because their quarterback in Jaden Daniels could not get anything going until the fourth quarter. But Likens stressed this. He, he pointed out that his offense struggled to convert on third and ones multiple times. And he said that he's going to make it a mission in his life to figure out this week in practice, in his words, how to get one freaking yard. He said, for his perspective, that was the difference maker in the game. He said, we would have won if we could have converted on third and ones. I, I, I don't want to, to ruin his vibe, but I don't think that was going to be the difference. Because even that, their defense was not stopping our offense. So... Maybe that's going to help him stomach the loss a little bit better to think that way in defeat. But let's be honest here. Their defense, as their defensive coordinator, Danny Gonzalez, noted, they just got knocked off the ball up front. I mean, this was, this was big. Danny Gonzalez also said that the distractions crept in. And he was prodded more about, well, what do you mean about distractions? He said that with so many kids from Southern California on Arizona State, that it consumed too much of their time distributing tickets and making sure they got time to see their families in the area and to dole out the tickets for the game. But here's the thing. I mean, you go back to the Monday before the game and Sun Devil said coach Herm Edwards made it a point. He went on a tirade talking about how his players, he conveyed to them, guys, all the ticket situations, all the guys that are from SoCal, Getting in family time when we're in Los Angeles, you got to get that figured out early in the week so that when we get into Los Angeles, that does not affect your preparation for the game. So either the players did not listen to their head coach, they tuned him out, or Gonzalez is looking for an excuse. He also pointed out because of giving up over 200 yards of rushing, that that equates to his team, his defense being soft. Said he's going to challenge them this week, and they are going to hear from him during practice this week. I don't know about you, but when a coach calls me soft and says that, that I'm going to hear from him all week, it's going to be a rough set of practices, very almost unbearable if you will. Also, before I get into basketball, good to see Martel Irby, one of our running backs, return. He had tweaked his hamstring against San Diego State, then re-aggravated it. He was back, and it was really good to see him part of the fold. Also, Alec Anderson brought up an interesting point Monday in the media availability time. He said that the leader on the offensive line is actually boss Tagaloa and said that that wasn't always the case but that Anderson noted that boss has done a much better job of keeping his emotions in check not losing his cool and picking up boneheaded penalties and has been just a lot more composed and that has really rubbed off on the rest of the team all right so let's get right into basketball here and Mick Cronin spoke to the media on Monday he was very happy when it comes to the showcase event that the basketball team had last week at Pauley Pavilion, it was a good turnout. It was good to, to be able to, as he said, build the fan base. And now the team is looking forward to their exhibition game, their lone exhibition game, which is tomorrow against Stanislaus State. And, and Mick Cronin was jokingly said he hopes that none of his players get a technical 
in, in that game because they had a a secret scrimmage against the, a team that was not mentioned publicly where he had a player and he would not name names who decided, and they had refs for this game, he, he had a player who decided to not check in at the scorer's table when subbing in, and obviously that's a no-no. So it, as far as the opponent, it's not really about planning for the opponent in Stanislaus State for this exhibition match, or game I should say, but for Cronin, it's about focusing on his own team as he thinks about this opponent and figuring out what tunnel to go through, you know, all the housekeeping stuff, like figuring out where you sit. You know, it's just a lot of the dress rehearsal stuff for the game. As I continue talking about McCronin here, I think it's interesting to bring up how a player at UCLA or, or on any team in general, how when they stay with a program, during a coaching change, how one coach can view the value of a player much different than another. So let me take this as an example. Forward Kenny Nwuba, who played sparingly last year, barely saw the field. He, I think his, he was averaging 0.4 points per game, three minutes per game last season. I mean, basically he was only in for garbage time under Coach Alford. Well, Cronin said on Monday that he thinks Kenny is one of the strongest guys around the rim he's ever coached and said that he is someone who could see significant playing time, which could basically depend on his footwork, his defensive footwork on the perimeter. So where Cronin says that Nawuba needs the most work, but you could see more Nawuba. I also think you're going to see a lot of Chris Smith. I think if there's going to be one player who is regularly scoring in double digits every game, it's going to be Chris Smith. Now, he had 16 points in that showcase scrimmage. Doesn't really say a lot. They played 20 minutes, and it was just the team itself playing against each other at Poly Pavilion against fans. But if there's going to be one guy who's going to take the baton, I'm thinking it's Chris Smith. Now, David Singleton is one more player that I want to talk about before we get into what Tiger Campbell said Monday at practice. Now, David Singleton, he's saying all the right things. And look, this guy is such the consummate professional. Obviously, he's not a pro, but he just the way he carries himself is just the standard of excellence and just as classy and as coachable as a player as you'll find at any sport, at any level. But what we saw from him in the, the, the showcase, you know, he only had two points. And I know he's coming off an injury to, a, to his foot. And so while he, he says he's, you know, just about 100% or he's working back into game shape, I just wonder if there's still that mental inhibition thinking about the foot and, and maybe just it's going to take game reps for him to be comfortable with going all out as he nurses back from a foot injury or that he still thinks about the foot and not trying to re-aggravate something or if it's affecting him from going all out. But I do think in the end, giving him more experience and more reps, I think mentally over time, if there is sort of a mental barrier that is kind of impeding him, thinking about, well, I had my, my foot broken and I want to take it, you know, not lightly, but I just want to be extra cautious, even though he doesn't think that he has to be, there's that subconsciousness to it, but maybe over time, like I said, he'll kind of get over that fear. 
Final segment, what did Tiger Campbell say at Monday's press conference and why he's going to be a fan favorite on the team? I'm going to say it right now, and as you become introduced to this new-look Bruin basketball team, one of the more lovable players on this team who was destined to be a fan favorite, it's Tiger Campbell, the redshirt freshman. And he said on Monday, quote, a lot of people define my game as pass first, but I would pretty much say I'm win first. I, I love that. I love that he says it like that. He's got a really refreshing personality. He, he's very matter-of-fact and, and also has a, a humility to him as well but is as hard of a worker as you're going to get. And according to his players, or his teammates, I should say, he's one of the fastest guys on the team. And I think you might be in agreement with this. You know, we didn't last year have a, a true one. We did not have a true point guard on this team. And we can always look at excuses and blames to why we struggled so much last year. But when you think about the turnovers we had last year, and those were just devastating. I mean, we, we lost a lot of games because we could not take care of the ball. And when you don't have Tiger Campbell, who was supposed to play last year, and the, then he had the ACL injury and missed all of last season, I feel like last year was really, a, without him as the pilot, he's kind of standing in that director's chair leading the show here uh, it was rudderless last season without him and, and he spoke about learning this new defense under Mick Cronin he said it's it's not that hard to understand he said there's a lot of switching he said communication is paramount and that he feels great coming off that injury which he said was the first major injury and knock on wood don't want to jinx anything the first major injury and the only major injury that I hope he hopes he will ever have to deal with. He's been a point guard his whole life. That's good because they did not have a credible ball distributor or a natural point guard last year because of his injury. And when you don't have that, I think the rest of the pieces sort of crumbled around him. When you're not feeding guys and you're not a, a guy who can find openings in defenses and set guys up. I mean, you're just at a tremendous disadvantage. And it's, it's interesting how just one player like that could have such a drastic impact on the five team, or the five guys on the floor. Now, Cody Riley also spoke, talked about him being more of a leader, being more confident, being more vocal, and talking a lot, especially on backside defense and calling out switches and says there's going to be a lot of pick and rolls or a lot of switches, I should say, on the pick and rolls. And how athletic is this guy? He's a redshirt sophomore. And and again, there's so much depth with this basketball team. There's only so much that we can glean from the little time that some of these guys saw on the court last year. I mean, this is an, a, a new identity, a new team, and I think we're going to be surprised at some players who saw little playing time last year are, are really going to flourish and take their games to the next level. That is going to do it for this episode of Locked on Bruins. Tomorrow, getting ready to, to talk about Colorado, a team 
that the Bruin football team will be hosting this Saturday. The Buffaloes lost. They should have won. Should have won against USC last Friday. We'll start to unravel the Buffaloes and what to expect from them as they take on UCLA this weekend. For Locked On Bruins, I'm Brian Fenley.